throw off everything that hinders and especially the sin that tangles and run with endurance. I point out in that passage, throw off everything that slows you down, especially the sin that entangles. So mm-hmm. I was like, you realize what it's saying is not everything that slows you down is necessarily wrong or sin. Damn, so that's we, good. So we need to make a choice to run for the best. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so what is it that's holding you back? And and, and I go... and That goes to the idea of good can be the enemy of great. Yeah, and I kind of shared that. But then I said, but also it's not just all about a good thing that's hindering you. There's also a bad thing that hinders you that's not sin. It's the things that other people have done to you. You didn't sin. And I spent a long... That's the, probably the part I spent the most on was that idea of... Um, the, 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 like the hurts, habits, hang-ups yeah, that you like have because of someone you, else. Yeah, because of someone else. And now guess what it's doing? It's slowing you down we should probably put this in the <laughs> we should no we should we should if this comes up if this yeah comes up, yeah because it's really interesting i was just telling are you ready oh i've been recording this whole time oh yeah okay oh. okay that's awesome so we could actually she, cut some of that in she, there <laughs> she's a master doing that and then like sneaking yeah, stuff in that's hilarious Welcome back to the No Gray Areas podcast. This week's guest, Bill Bush, is back with us. He's a friend of mine. He talks about the power of choices, the positive and negatives of that, uh, leading ourselves through failures, forgiveness. But at the end, he gives this quote that's so good about the skin and heart. You have to listen to understand what I'm talking about. Join us now. Bill Bush, welcome back to the No Gray Areas podcast. Uh, you are one of only a few. I think we've only had two or three guests that are invited back. So that's that's big wow. news. And do you remember last time we got together, we, we showed up and we both had the same exact clothes on? Yes. We, and came, now we came pretty close. Pretty close. It's a good guess. thing I have long sleeves. Yeah, you have short sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, guess. I knew you were going to bring your big guns today, yeah. so I was going to cover mine up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to cover mine up. So... Hey, well, welcome back. So what we, what we want to do this time is talk about the power of choice. And so, you know, the No Gray Area story is built around Joseph N. Gagliano's story, biggest sports scandal in history that they know of. Two guys lost their careers, went to prison. Um, it's a cautionary tale in a lot of ways. But what's interesting is that you and I, I think, have a similar belief system, obviously. The power of choice is something that makes us uniquely human, isn't it? So yeah. speak into that a little bit. Well, even like the sports illustration there, like, you know, uh, Vince Lombardi once, you know, his most, one of his most famous quotes is like, I'm paraphrasing it here, uh, is, is any man's greatest moment is when he uh, pours his heart out for a good cause and then lies on the, the field of battle, mm. victorious. Mm. Uh, most people don't read the whole quote. That's always what's put on the picture. Yeah. He's actually not referring to just football. He was given a speech and he was talking about his faith. And really? the, uh, yeah, I and he talks about, I believe in God, I believe in this decency, and he was trying to say that you have a choice to make, and and the choice is, are you going to give your give your heart for this cause? Are you going to go all in? And yeah, and that's the nice thing about that power of a choice is, even if it's hard, if you've made a choice, and it's something that really is, like you said, the positive side of choices, it's the good choice. Yeah, even if it's hard. You get to you get to sit there knowing that there was yeah. a victory even yeah. in the in the hard things. Like in the military, they say embrace the suck. Yeah. yeah. Which means there's something good on the other side of this, but getting there might not be fun. And I think one, that does one of our other repeat guests was a twenty one year Navy SEAL. Oh, and yeah. he said that's like one of their almost every day they're training. 
they all yeah. are saying that to each other. Embrace the suck. Well, Embrace you know, I was suck. raised by a, a, a military were. veteran of three wars, and <laughs> yep. so I heard that all the time. I yeah. feel like I was a Navy yeah. SEAL the yes. way I was raised. <laughs> probably so, were. Yeah. So I can relate. You, you might always, have went two more. The, the, our, the Bush family motto was do hard things. Really? Yes. That so was definitely. Our, I heard that my whole life. Embrace the my suck. Whole life is do embrace the suck. And, and when you make a choice, there's a power. Because because in other words, what my dad used to say, and I think it's, I don't know, he probably stole it from someone else because I think it's a pretty well-known statement. But he would say, because son, you make your choices and then your choices make you. Wait, say that again. He said, you make your choices and then your choices make you. See, that's what this, Bill, <laughs> that's so great. This is why we needed you on here again. <laughs> that's what this whole podcast is about. The, to, to tell, like even young people, to help yeah. young people understand, you, you, those choices you make at 17, mm -hmm. 18, 22, they're going to follow you through the rest of your life. Now, we'll, we'll come to the hope yeah. side of that too, but the, you make the choices and then the choices make you. That's what your dad said yeah. to you? And, and he would say do hard things because if you choose to every day do hard things in the right direction, if you'll do the hard things, then normal things become easy things. And then easier things become celebrations yeah and and he did he said you got to think with the end in mind like he used to describe back when we grew up yeah the phone didn't say turn right go left if you try to define something yes you had to actually use a map yep and and remember if you were going to go somewhere on a map some yeah maps were map like <laughs> these topographical well they they when you use the the map something you see the map underneath it but yeah. you could usually ignore it because it tells you what to do yeah well when you actually pulled out an old-fashioned map mm -hmm. before you went anywhere you actually had to find where you're going first yep, yep. and then kind of trace back. And there might be multiple ways. And then you're looking at it. I remember someone was like, well, this, this seems faster. Yeah. And so you're trying to make the best possible choice to get to, the to get to where you want. And so a lot of people, their struggle with choices is they don't start with the end in mind. Yeah. And, and that's where uh, the, the, the theological end of this question was uh, God kind of separated us from all other creation. And that we have a free will, we have a choice, yeah. and 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 the problem with choice is if he's going to give us the freedom of choice, he also allows a world that has the consequences of those choices. And every listener, every human being that's on this planet has faced the consequences of choices, even other people's, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so so let let's just really quick before we go to the negative side, the yeah. positive side. I love that you brought that up. The positive side is. This is one of the things that that is unique about humans. Like we're not animals. We don't no. run on instinct. No. That we we creating the image of God have the power of choice. That's a positive thing, right? Yes. And I, I why believe do you think that's positive? Well, because I, I think like you said, it's 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 not just running on instinct. Because if if we really are, I, I see some inconsistencies in in the world. Yeah. And when they they on one end they say we're basically just like an animal. We have instinct, yeah. we have things, we have needs, we have this. But on the other end, we know that if we just say that, we also have a, a, a justice system. We have a laws. We have things so that we right. that that we're saying. Oh wait, you have to be held accountable for your decisions. Well, if which one is law, it? There's, which yes. one is it? Oh, that's uh, are, such are, a great are, point. Are, are we are we just animals that don't have choice? That we're just hey, we're just acting out that innate DNA built into us programming. So that at that point, then you can't hold me accountable for this. And that's a lot I've seen the argument for. Well, just, you know, that's just boys being boys, and that's just whatever. And it's like, no, no, God created us with that moral capacity. We're in his image. Now, I know with the with the fall and, and, and sin and all, that image I described, it's like we're a mirror that's supposed to reflect God. Yeah. The mirror's been broke. 
and and and, so and we Jesus can see came elements to put it back. of it. So so, it, but, so it, and if you yeah. look at a cracked, broken mirror, you'll see some of it, but it gets warped, it gets distorted. Some things so aren't good. exactly right. So and, good. and so you know, we live in a world where we can make choices. God gave us a right to make choices, and we can actually make really good choices because Jesus made a choice. Yeah. And Jesus went to the cross, and he says, hey, if we put our faith back in Jesus, he can put that mirror back together for us, and he can give us the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why when Paul says, hey, when, 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 when you sin, there's grace. And then, you know, the world's way of thinking, well, if there's always grace when we sin, why don't we just do, do whatever we want? Mm -hmm. And he's like, may it never be. Yeah. Which I think the rough English translation is hell no. That's, <laughs> yes, I, yes. I think it really that, is. I think he said it really right, bold. About as, as bold as he could say it. He goes, I that's agree. stupid. Why would yeah. Jesus die to save us from a life that we're just going to go right back into? Yeah. And broken, so we, broken, but broken, what he yeah. says is with the Spirit's power, we can actually now make incredible choices if we surrender to him and trust him. Yeah. So the positive side there is, but yet God gives us freedom. The positive side of choices. Everyone thinks if we're just an animal in instinct or a robot, that would be the other downside. If I'm just a robot that God's just playing a massive chess game with me and there's no choice, there's there's no freedom in that. But the beauty of it is if if you really know the word of God and you know the freedom you have, a lot of people try to blame their bad choices on God's will. Mm -hmm. And it's usually just the bad burrito they ate the night before. <laughs> and, and, and the reality is God makes his, his, his evident will, his declared will, very clear in Scripture. Yeah. And I think if you are living out his will, I'm doing his purposes. I'm loving him back. I'm listening to his word. I am, I'm being an active part of what it means to be a disciple maker. And he says, and part of his will is you're going to suffer if you go the right road. Yep. You're going to have to embrace the suck is what he yep. says. And he goes, because I suffered, you're going to suffer, Paul suffered. It's like, if you're doing it right, there's going to be a cost. Yeah. You're going to count your cost and pick up your cross. If you look through all the things, the, the, the things that are clear in Scripture of what it means to follow him, and you are doing that, and you face a decision, you face a choice, it's not just praying, try to get a feeling. It's like, I would look at those two choices and say, does any of these violate my ability to be a disciple and follower of Christ? Mm -hmm. And then if the answer is no, then they go, is any of them actually going to be better in knowing how God wired me? That's why we should know our spiritual gifts. We should know our calling. Because then you can might make that choice on the positive side. It's not just about, did I violate something God said? Yeah. Is, what's best. is one of them actually show that's the best use of how yeah. God put me together? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's, a, if it's a clear tie, if it's a clear either direct, there is no clear clarity in Scripture. I think the beauty of choice is God says, have fun. Yeah. Do the one you want. Don't you think that a lot of times, because you've had many, many people come to you for counsel on this. I have over the years too. How do you know the will of God or how do you know? And a lot of times, and they say, I've been praying about it. And I often will tell them, you know, John 10, 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. God created communication. He has no problem telling you what he needs you to yeah. know. So often I, I wonder if God's simply saying either one is okay. Like choose. Well, I created you with the power of choice. And so sometimes he'll clearly say, don't do this based on moral issues. Yep. Sometimes he'll give us guidance with, with, with other people. But a, a lot of times I do think that God is saying, uh, you have the power of choice. Choose. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the beauty of it. I mean, from a leadership point of view, when it comes to choice, one of the things I was thinking about, and, and this is the next thing I was going to talk about, because I've ran into a lot. I've been traveling been over in, in Europe and in, in the UK a lot, talking mm -hmm. with pastors and really just listening because they don't want me to just fly over there and say, here's how to do it. Yeah. You know, They don't like that. So I don't think anybody likes that, yeah, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like I woke up this morning. I hope someone will come to me and say, you're yeah. doing it wrong and here's how to do it. Yes. But um, in listening, 
I've noticed not just there, now I'm noticing it back even in our staff when I'm, I'm, I'm helping people navigate some choices, is it seems to me that there's obviously, when we're saying there are choices that are either right or wrong. Mm -hmm. There is either this or that. Mm -hmm. But I'm noticing a lot of leadership, the nuance of choice is they're making an either or decision out of something that's both and. Let me give you an example. Like over, over in England, they, they kind of have this belief oh, that, is so good. that that you know, the, the church, only 2% of the people go to church at a Bible-believing church. Well, I've met with some pastors that their churches are growing. They're doing well, but they got this older building. It only holds like two, 300 people. And they put an artificial lid on reach because they say, well, we're too big, so we're going to start another church, which is a great idea. So they raise up a guy, and then they go a ways away, and they try, but it's so hard to get churches started there. It's so complex and complicated. So this guy's going to go and probably have 50 people at his church. And that's what they want to do. And I think that's a great thing to do. Go get another church started. But the issue is they'll only have one service at their church. Mm -hmm. And I go, so how many services do you have? Oh, we only do one. I go, it seems to me if you're already growing, you got a good team here, it's, things are going on. I think starting another service with the same team in the same location is both financially more responsible and you will reach more people quicker than you would. But they have this idea that that's like it's another church. Mm. We've divided the church. Mm -hmm. I go, well, isn't planting another church? Yeah. I go, well, have you ever considered that? Okay, if you think that way, just think you have two churches in the same building. Yeah. And I'm seeing that But they that were going with the either or type. It's either yeah. or. It's yeah. either you plant churches or you would have another service. Yeah. And they think the other service, they feel it's not yeah. right. So yeah, I get it. They've made it, but but I don't agree with that. But yeah. I get it. But mm -hmm. but I, it just got me thinking, and I kept how running. How often do we do that as humans? We, but that's why I got to think yeah. about how many times I worry, I'm in a meeting and someone says, "Well, we got to do this." Or we gotta, I go, "Is it really that or that?" Yeah. There are certain times when it's the choice you have might be a both and. Yeah. We but I think we get really black and white all the time on 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 stuff. Like that's why we have to say yeah. God's will is I need to know every decision. Where it's like. You know, God didn't tell you every day. He gave mm -hmm. you his moral will. He gave you what he expects us to do, his clear will on what we should be living like. Yeah. And then other than that, filter every choice you have through that. So let, so let me ask you this, because this is interesting. We could spend a lot of time philosophically yeah. and theologically yeah, exactly. on what you just said, where you were talking about the positive side, where if you, I loved what you said, if you look around at the world, you'll see that almost every society has laws, yeah. which indicates that none of these societies actually believe what many of them say, which is that we're just humans going on instinct, because you actually are expecting people to make choices based on the law code. So fascinating. We could spend a lot of time philosophically on that. But let's jump into the negative side of choices. Yeah. So there's a positive. What's the negative side of the power of choices that we have as humans? Well, the, 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 the negative side is we have the capacity to make really terrible decisions. And, and like I said, and like we already started with, a lot of times the biggest mistake there is is we don't make a decision with the end in mind and a yeah. lot of times because we don't have our end in mind we don't understand our purpose we don't understand where we're going so i think the most negative is when we just make decisions like they say in the heat of the moment we just we we, we try to make the decision that gets us to the best place the fastest and and so like what we think is the best place the fastest yeah yeah um like god often wants to take us on the scenic route and we want the superhighway. Yeah. I want the autobahn. I want the where I could go as yeah. fast as I want, and then we're frustrated. Set control on a hundred and twenty yeah, miles. And an then hour. just go. Yeah. And, and 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 I and I think when we don't think about it, we end up 
making some poor choices and mm-hmm. like and and like that either or thinking it's kind of like what i said like in in hebrews chapter 12 it's talking about we have this great cloud of witnesses the faith hall of fame they lived by faith and he says okay well therefore if we're going to live out this life of faith which is a choice it's like we need to make some choices and it says the first part is it says we need to throw off anything that hinders but then it says, and especially the sin that actually tangles us and trips us. We were talking about this before we mm-hmm. turned the mics yeah. on. D- dig into that a little bit, because I thought I think that's really interesting. There's a reason you're saying that the writer yeah. makes that distinction. What yeah. is that? Why does he put that comment? And especially yeah. is, is because what he's saying is there's things that will hinder us that are not necessarily wrong. Yeah. They're not sin. Yeah. So there are choices that you didn't just, okay, God's mad at you. You you've sinned. It's like, are you making the the, the best choice? Like, and, and 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 there's some things that are you're you're choosing good over great, as yep. you said. Yep. And yep. and yeah, good can become the enemy. And of great. and that's the problem yep. with this because we can just settle for good. And and really, when we settle for good, I think we need to add another word to that. You think you're settling for good. You're just really settling for good enough. Yeah, good enough. And and you miss great in that choice, and that's especially if you make it either or thinking all the time. And you sometimes the settling for that is because it goes back to what you said earlier, right? Because it's the easier way. We settle for yeah. good or good enough because it's easy, and we're not embracing the suck of life. Well, yeah, which I always is what say brings us to great. When I'm yeah. talking to people that are single or single again, and they really want to be in, in, in a relationship, but a lot of them make a choice to say instead of trying to find Mister or Mrs. Right, they settle for Mister or Mrs. Right here. <laughs> and 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 that's yes. that's kind yeah. of the, the the negative side of the choice because it's not just that there's a clear right or right and then a lot of people just say why doesn't God just tell every decision clear right or wrong we look clearly but that's kind of an immature view hmm. like when why you're a kid and your dad you, there's rules and he yeah. says hey here's what I went your parents really establish those rules because they want you to get the character and heart behind them yeah yeah but at first you don't get it but you're you should grow up at first you're like. If you're going to follow mom or dad, remember, I had an older sister, and there were so many times that if she wanted to do something or I wanted to do something, it'd be more like, well, dad said we can't do that. Dad said we need to do this. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to do this. And that's kind of we a— had the same siblings. Yes. It's like it's like a—and they I'm tattle joking. it. Yeah, I'm exactly. Yeah. They're all the same as kids. But how many of us stay that way in our relationship to the world and to God as an adult? Mm-hmm. When I when you say, hey, this would be a good choice to make, and this would be like, well— where in the Bible does it say I have to do that? Yeah. And boy, Where in the Bible does it say I can't do this? Yeah. I'm like, you're still in a child. Like, it's like, give me the clear either this or that and prove to me. Otherwise, I'm like, yeah, but sometimes there's choices that, yeah, this, you're not wrong. God's not going to say you're a sinner. But he just chose good. You realize it's going to hold you yeah. back. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hold Trent, It says sin actually knocks you down. Yeah. These type of choices just slow you down. And, and, so one and, knocks you down, one slows you yeah, down. Yeah, one knocks you down, one slows you down. And, the slow, and, and one of the ones is not just choosing good over great, is a lot of times the thing that hinders us is it's not good in our life, but it wasn't anything we did wrong. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that it's saying to deal with is, is the hurts we have, I, what other people have done, because we are... Hurt, we're all hurting people, and hurt yeah. people hurt people. Yep. And so, yep. so you end up with this hurt. And a lot of times people are slowed down in their faith because of the choice someone else made. But now you're making a choice to settle for that. You know, so, so really quick, because there's not a single yeah. listener yeah. who's not dealing with what you're, you're saying. Yeah. All of us have been hurt. 
Yes. Even even sometimes. I mean, I've told my kids, you're not going to be in counseling someday uh, um, in spite of me. It's going to be because of me. No matter yeah. how well any parent does, there's going to be something they did or accidentally said or whatever that hurt their kid. All of us have yep. hurts. This is what you're saying. All of us have hurts because of someone else. Yes, I believe that's true because we all I, are hurting. I agree. And, I agree. And, and, and I think that's kind of one of the, 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 the buzzwords out there now is, is people are starting to realize there's a lot of people that have church hurt. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea that they say, this church kind of chewed me up. And, and what they usually mean is they're not saying some organization chewed them up. Yeah. Even though they might blame this, this particular church, they chewed me up. If you really hear their story, it's somebody or some people. It's one, it's a group or an a lot of times it's just one individual. And they feel like either if they're in like a pastor, like they abused their power, they manipulated, they were didn't really care. There's, there's all kinds of ways people have been hurt, all the way to stuff that's really, really dark yeah, and wrong. Yeah. And, and, and what I've realized is when he says the things that'll hinder you, a lot of people that have, have there's a lot of people sitting in my church each week that they're in this church because they got hurt somewhere else. Yep. Yep. And 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 what I say, hey, I'm glad you're here. But if you expect no one to ever disappoint you or hurt you, mm. you're just gonna keep making this choice over and over until you either A decide to throw off that which hinders, or you're just gonna leave the church altogether. Yeah. And so what I see is a lot of people that they got hurt enough that they'll leave a church or, or leave the scenario. And, and they're right. They didn't sin. But now they're letting it stop. Well, you know what? I'm really not going to get into community because it was in my small group that I got hurt. So I'm yep. just going to sit in church. Yep. Or I'm not going to serve because when I served, they took advantage of me. Yeah. Or I, so what basically you're doing is like it's, it's like you're, you're not going forward because you're holding on. It's an anchor is what it is. Yeah. It's an anchor that you're dragging around, yeah. and 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 how do you do? You got to deal with that because the choices you're making now, now is yeah, you're not sinning, but you're now hindered. And if it hinders you long enough, you can be sin. You could start stop yeah, listening yeah. to God altogether. But as it slows you down from doing that, you got to go. What do I do to unchain myself? From so this? so yeah, let's get into that. So what does what would you recommend? What you're saying, and I agree 100 with you, is all of us as human beings have hurts in our life because of yeah. other people. Like we've obviously yeah. done things poor choices that are hurting us because of our own choices. But all of us have hurts because of someone else. Um, most, if not all, that are listening that are part of a faith community or a church have hurts because of a church as well. Yeah. And if we're not careful, those hurts will end up hindering us. So what do we do with those? What's what's the solution? Everyone just needs to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. And the podcast is solved people. It. No. I, I, I believe that 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 there, that there's some steps that need to be taken. You you got to deal with it. You can't just let it keep dragging it. Because I think eventually those types of hindrances, the anchor, eventually will knock you. You'll fall over due to exhaustion. Mm -hmm. You'll just you'll now fall into sin. Dragging around that you way. will now fall into the flat out. Now I'm just going to yeah. not do what God yeah. says altogether. I'm just going to avoid it. I'm going to keep. And then I keep thinking that I I have the okay to do this because of what was done to me. Yeah. And then a lot of times it's a repeatable cycles. People end up turning around and doing exactly what they didn't appreciate. Yeah. Like abuse cycles yeah. are that way. And that's and where so, I've often said you, you become what you hate. Yeah. Right? A kid that grows up in an alcoholic home says, I will never be like my dad. And what happens statistically most often? They become just like their dad. Well, that's what you're well, saying, right? Well, yeah, well, because it's like my son, when we were younger, we were out on quads driving around, and he was like, he was just big enough to drive his own. 
but where we were at had a lot of cactus and he had fallen into cactus before. So yeah. he was just like freaked out by the cactus. <laughs> he, he knew, he, and he goes, yeah. dad, I'm afraid I'm going to hit cactus and, 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 and land it. I go, it's not that hard. Just steer away from it, man. Just keep your eyes, stay on the trail and don't worry about it. Here's the problem. He ended up wiping out into cactus. You know why? Because he kept looking at the cactus. Mm. He was so afraid of hitting the cactus that as he's riding on the trail, he kept staring at the cactus. And there's a law of human beings. It's the same law on why if you're on a family road trip through beautiful country, it's it really stinks to be the driver because you don't get to see as you much. You got to focus on something. Because else. if you start looking at what they're looking at, you're gonna everyone's gonna get a really, really, really up close look at it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because yeah. you we naturally move towards what we stare at. So I think when we stare at the hurt, we can't get past it. And many times we end up becoming the same thing. Yeah. We end up becoming the cactus that yeah. we're afraid of. And, and, and we got to snap out of that cycle. We got to get away from that. We got to, you know, and one of the things we need to do is first of all, well, to help people, first of all, uh, the, the bad answer when it comes to like church hurt is to say a church didn't hurt you, a person did. Yeah. If a pastor says that, I like to use one of our core values is throat punch. Throat punch, yeah. You know, yeah. the tough truth at the I right time, <laughs> the right time in the right way. Well, if a pastor says that, I almost think you should just punch him right in the face. Not in the throat, but in the face. Right in the face, because <laughs> that guy doesn't understand what the church is. Now, if we get some emails or something where yeah. someone did that. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, can, no. we are not liable. Yeah, we are yeah. technically not liable for this. We'll so, send um, them to Bill Bush at. Yeah, no, 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 don't do that. That, that would be rough. But, yeah. no. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is if you got hurt in a church by someone in the church, we are the church. Yeah. And it's so a if, it's a cop out to say. And so if we are the church, we're also a team. Yeah. Just like the military, embrace the suck. We're on a journey. God talks a lot about the one another's. So I think what we need to do to get past those hurts is the, the primary thing is to let it go. We need to offer forgiveness. And a lot of people out there listening right now goes, you're ridiculous. You got because you misunderstood. You heard something I didn't say. You thought that when I said we need to forgive is you said, oh, I need to say it's okay, stay, go back into a dysfunctional relationship, no boundaries, just forget about it, let them off the hook, all of those things, that's reconcile. Not, that's not and, and I go, re forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. Yeah. Now, you can't have reconciliation without forgiveness, yeah. but you can have forgiveness without reconciliation. Such an important thing to understand. Yeah, reconciliation yeah. takes two, forgiveness takes one. Yep. If I'm going to forgive a hurt that was happening that that other person has no interest in it's there's nothing that can be done about maybe there it's even someone who's dead now yeah and you're still chained to that anchor mm -hmm. when you let it go you're not letting them off the hook you're letting yourself off the hook mm -hmm. you're, you're you're going i'm gonna stop staring at this i'm gonna stop being weighed down and slowed down by this i'm gonna choose with the power of god to say god i choose to forgive this mm -hmm. and the problem is that's really difficult. Yeah. It's extremely difficult and that's why we need other people. Yeah. That's where the church can be the positive end of this. So you're running away from the thing that caused the problem yeah. by running away from the thing that fixes the problem. Yeah. It's the same thing like if if you got food poisoning and so you're just hurling for a few days and and and, and you are so sick, the answer to the food poisoning is not to say I'm never eating again. Yes. Now, yeah. you don't want to eat that same food yeah. for a while, but you're going to eat. Yep. And we need to eat. We need the church. We need people in our it's lives. No wonder, it's no wonder when um, Peter asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive? 
Yeah, and, and he in basically census, said, yeah, yeah, infinitely, infinitely, basically. because in some ways Peter's question was directed as most of us as humans are mm. not understanding what forgiveness is. Exactly. If we understand what forgiveness is, what you're saying yeah. is, it's not that I'm letting that person off the hook. It's not that I'm. It's it's I'm letting go of that chain that's gonna. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why Jesus is saying, well, infinitely. And then, of course, he's saying, and, because you've been forgiven much. Yeah, and then if by chance you're blessed that this person comes around and someone seeks you out and wants to make amends, you've already dealt with that yeah. in your heart. Yeah. And you could probably look at them, and, and, and you're actually blessed instead of PTSD when they come back and say that. You you almost feel violated again sometimes if they seek amends. and 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 But if you've already done it, you've already paved the way on your end. Yeah. And then there maybe could be records. I'm not saying it ever has to happen, but there could be, and you don't know, but you don't need to. You can put yeah. a boundary. Boundaries, forgiveness does not mean taking out every boundary. Yep. Because yep. even if someone does, say someone does say, I'm sorry, a lot of times even the way we do forgiveness in the first place is I can forgive you and say, I forgive you, but I still don't trust you. Yep. Because that's the other thing. Forgiveness and trust are not the same They're thing. They're not the same. They're not synonymous. You can offer forgiveness in a moment. Trust takes time. Yep. And trust can be destroyed again like yeah. that. And, th and, and that's kind of like why uh, in getting help. So I say, hey, offer forgiveness. Talk to the Lord first. You might need to talk to a counselor also. Yeah. You might need people. You might need someone in the church. And we actually have a program. I think you said you wanted to talk about it. Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. I love it. Your church has that here. So Celebrate Recovery, their little tagline is hurts, habits, and hangups. Everybody yep. has hurts, habits, and hangups. It's not just... Because a lot of times when people go to those kind of um, programs, they think it's about addictions. Um, yep. And and I think it is, but they think of chemical addictions. But yep. Celebrate Recovery is saying, no, all of us as human beings have hurts, yep. habits, and hang-ups. So, Bill, why do you have that? Why is that still part of what you guys do at your church? And why are you part of it? Like what you Because you're you're actually part of it. You go, I yep. know you're not in there I'm on the week. teaching rotation, yeah. and I, uh, I went through it. I did the 12 steps. That's part of the reason is uh, years ago when we were going to start the program in our church, I was familiar with it and all that, but I go, hey, this is kind of a serious program. I wanted to understand it because they say that for these types of programs, because you will attract some people that are are, are kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, a little extra love needed because they are broken. And, and a lot of churches get scared when they have, we say we want to reach the most broken of people, but I think we really like reaching what we call suburbia sinners. Yeah. They're functional sinners, like a functional yeah. alcoholic. Yep. yep. They got sin, but their life hasn't collapsed in on itself. Yeah. They so can they still get so, up and go to work the so next they're, day. They're, and, they're yeah. not as weird to you. Yep. And, and, yep. but if you go after the people that have like the, you know, the basketball has hit the ground. Yep. So now it can come back up maybe, um, it can be uncomfortable. Yeah. And they say it never works if the pastor doesn't believe in it. So I said, I want to understand it. I knew that the 12 steps, the biblical, that that's what CR is. Yep. It's, it's, yep. it's, it's a pathway that takes scripture and, and has a biblical pathway of how do you get past hurts, habits, and hangups. Yeah. And it really comes out of like 2 Timothy 3 when it says all scripture is, yeah. is, is breathed by God. It's inspired by God. It is for the teaching, the rebuking, and the training of righteousness. If you really take those verses apart, it says that God's word can be used to show you what's wrong. Yeah. It gives you the throat punch. Yeah. It says yep. this. You put your life up next to this. Oh, yeah. oh, I get it. And then it says it not only shows you wrong, it says, and here's how to get it right. And then it also says, and here's how to keep it right. Yeah. Here's how to have endurance and stay on the path. And that's really what sub-recovery, it's this, this pathway that helps you, you know, learn that reality is always your friend. Yeah. 
Most people don't want to hear reality. That's why they get stuck. It's like reality is always your friend. So if you don't, if you run away from the truth, you run away from people, you run away from God's word, and you let that hinder you, those hurts hinder you, maybe trip you up all completely. And that's what a lot of people do. The reason we like CR, because it does addictions. A lot of people that have, starts with hurt that they didn't do. Yes. Ends with horrible addiction that now they're choosing. Yep. Yep. And, and it's this pathway that's down. We need a pathway out. And so what I did was I want to understand it. So I had a friend that had been through it, and, and, and I'd walk next to him when he had grown up, been a Christian, been, been serving in the church, and some of his old demons came back to haunt him, and he ended up in an in a, in a inpatient facility. And then he invited me to be his kind of his, his co-sponsor mm-hmm. guy, and I heard his story when he got his graduation kind of time. And, and so I invited him when we were starting this to uh, take me through the 12 steps. Yeah. And he says, I'm only doing it if you take it serious. And then, so we met one-on-one, so I would not be worried about other yep. people. Yep. And it usually if you go straight through is, you know, six to maybe eight months to get all the way through the, the, the step study, so to speak, they call it, this, these yeah. workbooks and stuff. There's one thing you have to do a, an inventory hmm. where you have to be, ruthlessly reality's your friend you got to be brutally honest and most people's drop out at, at the point it's not they don't mind hearing the truth part it's when you got to look in the mirror part yeah that's the number one place that's where 50% of the people drop right then and it's cuz they just don't want to look at it they don't want reality to be their friend and you know what he looked at mine and even though i didn't really have a hang up or whatever i learned in the process he made me redo mine for like 5 straight weeks Really? We talked about it. He goes, this is good stuff. But he goes, I think you can peel this back further. So it took me over a year to get through this. And I realized that I didn't even go in there with an obvious hurt. I didn't have a hang-up or a habit. And yet it still revealed to me little insecurities. It actually revealed one person that I I had kind of slowly harbored something that I owed them an apology. Hmm. It was the dumbest thing. And, that, and, but, but, and I emailed them, I am sorry that this happened. But and it was you choosing to be brutally honest with yourself. Yeah, but you, that, you had to be, yeah, you just had to be. And, and it's like I say, this is one of my soapboxes. I just said again this last week, I go, guys, you may not like what I'm saying, but as long as what I'm saying is what God's word says, we need to welcome it because yeah. I'm called to lead a church. Yeah. And, and, and Timothy also, Paul told Timothy as a young pastor, and he's near the end, he goes, hey, I fought the good fight. And he says, when he right before he says, hey, you got it. This is what the Word of yeah, God's good yeah. for. He says, because you know, there's going to come a time that people are going to want to surround themselves with people that just say what they want to hear. Yeah. And the hardest part of helping people through this is you need to say not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Well, and that goes back to such an important point of choice, right? Because if we talk about there's a positive and a negative side of choice, well, the negative side of choice is going to keep reaping. The, the negative effects of that in our life until we have this reality yeah. check and really confront like this is really yeah. a poor choice I made or this is really something that someone did to me. But until we come to that point, you're saying we're really not going to. Well, yeah, what healing, I'm trying right? to say is I got to look in the mirror for myself as a leader that's trying to help people, trying to point people to Jesus by loving them like Jesus, trying to help them get past their hurts, habits and hangups. Yeah. Because if you get stuck with this hurt, you're going to develop some bad habits. Yep. Like focusing on it, looking at it. Yep. And then some of those habits you know, are going to get, you're going to get hung up on them mm-hmm. and they're going to turn to addictions. Yep. And people think of addictions as drugs, alcohol, that, yeah, there's sex addictions. There's, there's, but there's like avoidance of reality addictions. There's some people, it's like, you know, the Lord of the Rings. 
the precious ring, it destroys you. But it has this power to make you say, my precious. (laughs) And and a lot of people, that's their hurt. And it's like, well, we have to love people. I care for you when you hurt. I really do. And a lot of us, we meet people where they're at. We need to. Jesus met people where they're at. And he didn't care where he had to go to meet them. Yep. The problem is he didn't leave any of them there. Yes. Unless that's the they chose to stay. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it, isn't it? And yeah. so we need to go meet people with that. We hug and we love them. But at some point, my encouragement to anyone trying to lead someone through through hurt, through decisions and 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 even decisions made to them, not even their own choices, mm-hmm. choices that were made towards them, is reality's your friend. Yeah. And holding on to that. Yeah, like a pre- any bad choice, whether it was done to you or you're doing yourself, is it may feel good. Yeah, but you gotta see yourself from my point of view. Yeah. Well, and that's a process too, isn't it? I, I know a quick story. A friend of mine, his his um, daughter was killed by her boyfriend, murdered by his her, her boyfriend, and it it put him in a spiral. In fact, addictions that were ruining his life, but. Now, every year on that anniversary that she was murdered, he takes a picture of that guy that murdered her, and he goes out, and, he, and, he, and, a, and this is just signifying that he's, he's letting it go. But he can't, it's not a one-time thing. Yep. Every year he has to do that, and he burns the picture in a sense of saying, like, I'm letting this go. I'm not going to hang on to this. This isn't going to be the anchor. Mm. And that's what we often do, isn't it? Is we're dragging, yeah. that's what you're saying. It's like, precious. We're yeah. dragging that around. We won't let it go. And 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 I, I like what you said there because some people heard what I saying. Let it go means you can't have a moment like that. There is an idea of endurance. This isn't a one and done thing. Yeah, we have to repeatedly do it because we can get sucked back in. You can get and even the the Hebrews passage I said, you know, the things that hinder and the sin that entangles. But then it says and run this race with endurance. It's interesting that word endurance. It's like this word I've been fascinated with is grit. Yeah, I love and it. and I love and it. and grit and and what is it? Is it Everyone thinks grit is when you see a guy about to do a, a max bench press, pilot, and they're like slapping themselves in the face, yeah, yeah. and they're getting all motivated, and they're like, ah, yeah, and football teams, they get yeah. in a little, ooh, ooh, and they go around and they, they do all the chant. You know, that ha- serves a purpose. Yes. It gets you hyped, but it only gets you hyped for a moment. Yep. That's not grit. Motivation can get you to start anything, mm-hmm. but that upfront motivation, it's, it's like rocket fuel. It burns fast, it's powerful, but it runs out quick. Yep. And we're not supposed to live our lives on rocket fuel. And in, in other words, and I can't believe Denzel Washington actually gave a speech on this. He said, motivation will get you to start anything. Consistency and endurance is the only thing that'll help you finish yeah. it. And that's what grit is. Isn't that's it? grit. grit is, is it consistently enduring? And yeah. and and even even and, and what no. you're saying though, Bill, is you're connecting that back to forgiveness. Yeah. Or letting things go. It's it takes some grit, especially yeah. if we've been deeply wounded by something. And there might be a moment that'll trigger something, and your your feelings want to go down. Your yeah. thoughts want to go down. The Bible says we can take a thought captive. And I was trying to explain this to my wife because she sometimes she would get stuck in these thoughts. And she goes, how do you get, you seem to be on a trance. I go, I take the thought captive. She goes, how do you do that? It sounds, it's, we overcomplicate sometimes. We overcomplicate what the Bible's saying sometimes. For example, we just, the, the solution is actually more obvious than we think. For example, in my, in my green room, before I go out to preach, 
there's a two TVs. One actually shows the service. That's the stuff I need to see. The other one was originally going to be used for something else, but it was never used for it. But they're the exact same type of Roku TV. So, so there's one remote. So when I go in to turn on the one I need to turn on, it'll turn them both on. And the other one has this annoying bright light and it's useless. So I've devised a system. And I realize if I walk up and I point just towards the sensor away from the other TV, I can do that. So I've been doing this for two years since we moved into the building. I go up there and I'm like, oh, no, I accidentally turned. So then you got to do the other. You got to turn all funky to get the other one off yeah. and turn the other yeah. one on. And, and so just a couple of weeks ago, um, my, I had a guy in there and he goes, I need the road. He goes, right here. I'll turn on. I go, no, don't do that. And he hit the button and turned them both on. I'm like, ah. So I explained to him the whole process. I go, see, what you got to do is you got to do this. And when I walked up to lean to turn to turn the one useless one off, it's the first time, two years I've been doing this. I looked and right in between both TVs, mountain hole, right at my eye level is where they're both plugged in. Unplug one. All I did was unplug the one that was useless yep. and tuck it into the wall. Yep. I go, the answer was so simple. When it says take a thought captive, what I told my wife about how I take thought captives is when it starts to take over, I just say, no, that's not true. Yeah. I don't care how I feel. See, we try to let feelings lead and we try to herd feelings. I go, trying to control feelings is try, trying to herd like cats. Herding cats, yeah. I think grit yeah. is learning how to ignore the feelings that's telling you a lie. Yeah, yeah. How do you just don't listen to that feeling and you, you speak truth to the lie? And I literally, I go, I say it out loud. I told my wife, I just say it out loud. I go, this is not true, and this is. And I'm not going to sit here and I go find something else to do. Yeah. And, and, and that you sounds know, what, what you, basically simple. You keep doing that. Yeah. It's like weightlifting. Yeah. When you first work yeah. out, like this dumbbell feels so heavy. Yep. But you keep doing it. And then when it starts to get light, you pick up the next one. You pick up the next Which one. It goes back to the consistency. And, and then endurance. over years, you like anyone workout, you don't feel like anything's yeah. changed. But you look back. That's why they take those before and after pictures. Yeah. That's why you, 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 you can look at the... That's the other way I help get past it. I, I compare. I look at where I am, but where I was. I go, why would I want to go back to that? Yeah. And... Honest truth is the, the downside of decisions and the fact that even though if we know Christ, we're a new creation, there's still the shadow of our old self yep. that whispers. Sometimes we just are running that race and yeah. we fall flat on our face. Yeah. And I like how uh, John Maxwell, it's a leadership principle, but I think it applies to all life. He, called, he wrote a book called Failing Forward. Mm -hmm. He's like, everyone falls down. Smart people pick something up while they're down there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Instead of rolling around and crying, yep. go, oh, look at that. I think I should pick this up and continue on. Which is part of the grit. But you know what most people on. pick up? Yeah. Not something good. Yeah. When they fall down, they pick up the rock that tripped them. Yeah. And they put it in their backpack. And then they keep running. And if you pick up every rock you stub your toe on, every branch that hits you in the face, every hurt, everything, you keep carrying. All right, I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to take this with me. Eventually, you are so weighed down that you're like, this this race stinks. This hike is terrible. I can't believe... And you'll start... I can't believe God's making me do all this. Yeah. And God's like, I never asked you to do yeah. all that. Never asked you to carry all that. Yeah. Why do yep. you say my yoke is light? Yeah. Our yoke's heavy because our yoke carries all our hurts, habits, and hangups with us. And we keep adding more to it. And then and the yeah. biggest downside of choices is when we choose to drag all of that with us. Yeah. Rather than just learn how to let it go. Yeah. And, and like I said, CR comes around full circle because, and, 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 and even if you don't need a CR, that's why we promote getting into small groups, getting into community, getting, 
and you don't have to know everybody, and there are going to be people that you that you have a hard time with in a church, but you need at least one or two people yeah. yep. that you can connect and that you can be truly known. And then what you need is you really need to be known, really known, because you need to be accepted. Yeah. And the problem is you can only be accepted to the level which you're known. So when people say they have friends, well, that didn't really work. Community didn't work. Well, did they? They? I know they accept me, but it didn't work. You know why? Because you know they're not accepting all of you because you've never let them know all of you. Yep. And, so true. And so I can't really accept that acceptance because internally I know it's not real. Yeah. And then we, it's a lot of people, I could be totally known and totally, there's a lot of community in the world that says you, can, you will know everything about you and we don't care. The problem is biblical community says we know you accept you, but we're not going to leave you there. Yep. So we will support you and develop you. So the problem is you can only be accepted to the level which you're known, and you can only be supported to the level of which you're willing to be developed. And and that's a, that's that takes grit. Yeah. That's that's a process. And it's gonna be painful. Yeah, and most be- people when they get into a friendship yeah. or if they go to a home group or if they come to a church, they're not on up front. That's not what they consciously are looking for. Yeah. I'm gonna get into community, and a lot of people do, like I said, what we started this whole conversation with. They don't go there with the end in mind. They go there with, you know, it'd be nice to have some friends. It'd be nice to know some people. And that's okay, but we got to help. And what is the end in mind that they should have? That actual real community is their known, accepted, supported, and developed. And developed is to become more like Jesus, to be that image. Let God put the mirror back together and start reflecting. Because the thing about a mirror is the mirror isn't the center point. The purpose of the mirror is not to show you a mirror. You don't look at a mirror to see a mirror. You look at, you look at a mirror to see a reflection. Yeah. And the truth is, it's not supposed to be us standing in front of the mirror. We are the mirror. Yeah. We're not the thing in front. We're supposed to reflect Jesus. Yeah. And, and I good. think that's what that's a lot good. of people do. They run around in the world without Christ, and they're looking for... They're looking in a mirror, and they're putting themselves in front of the mirror. Yeah. And that's, that's terrible in both ways. One, it's not what we're supposed to do. But secondly, they're looking at themselves through a broken mirror. Bill, this has been so good because you, you really unpacked a lot of... When you talk about you know leading ourselves through mistakes or leading ourselves through failures, and we didn't really talk specifically about that, but hmm. you've given a lot of advice, I think, on how to do that. I mean, you've talked about because I've never failed, so I don't know how to lead myself. <laughs> yeah. through I mean, it's all theory for I mean, you. Yeah, but... See, yeah, it's just it's, it's all hip. No. But you, I mean, and that's Wrong. the truth. You've you've had to forgive people. You've oh. had to forgive yourself. You've had to let go. You've talked yeah. about taking um, thoughts captive. You've had to, and I love the tangible advice you gave. Um, even saying it out loud, I would encourage our audience, that's what you said, sometimes saying out loud, not just thinking like, well, that's a lie. That's a feeling that I have, but that's mm. a lie. You're saying sometimes say it out loud. Yeah, I will say it out loud. Sometimes, like you said, the guy, your friend that burns the picture, I tell people that sometimes it's good to write the name or write the thing that's bothering you so much, pray about it, and then light it on fire. Yeah. Almost symbolically saying yep. it's it's gone. Yep. It's it's just burnt up and it's gone. Yep. And and do that as many times as you need to. And that's the key as many times because next week when that comes back, it's it's not that well that I must not have done it right. It's like yeah, no. no, it's just well it's maybe a big hurt. You got to do it again. Well, I know we're landing slot because I know it, you care about it too. But grit. When you say personal failure, how you get through those choices is you you need that endurance. Yeah. For example, um, you know, talked about my dad, military guy. He was at the Battle of Iwo Jima. And that's where the most famous photo of yep. World War II comes, the, the guys flag. raising the yeah. flag. Here's what's weird is when he, they took those beaches, that flag went up on day four. 
they took Mount Surbice. It's this volcanic rock, has one tall mountain. So they knew once they took the mountain where they had the big guns and everything, they knew they were going to win. So that flag went up because it symbolized, we know we won. Most people think the battle was over. But the problem is the battle went on for almost a month afterwards. And you realize there was more than almost 95% of the casualties happened after that flag went up. And, and most of the fighting still had to happen. And that's really the life we live on this earth, to be sanctified, to become like Christ. A flag went up on Calvary 2,000 years ago. Jesus declared victory on that mount. Yeah. And he says, we've already won. But there's an enemy that won't quit. And we still have to fight. And I love in, in Ephesians when it says, put on the armor of God. That's kind of the answer I'd give you in a nutshell. Go to there and read what it means. It's really practical. It's not it overly complex. It it's, it's, it's faith. It's this. And, and I love how it says, you know, the helmet of salvation, because you know you've won, but it gets in your head. Mm-hmm. But then it says the way you continue to move forward is it talks about putting on the, the, the shoes and it's the gospel of peace. The yep. gospel. It's the good. It's 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 good it's the, how we're yeah. saved. It's yeah. the good news. And those Roman soldiers, they would put nails. So they basically made cleats, combat boots that are cleats back in the day. So they were able to dig in and 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 actually the best way they had no armor on the back. That's a common people use that illustration all the time because they fought in these big squares and all that. And if it broke down to kind of just a melee, they kind of had battle buddies, so to speak. So you. You went back to back with a partner, and what you had the advantage of standing firm is you plant that foot, and you plant it right up next to the other guy, mm-hmm. and that's grit. And now you can fight. But I love how Paul writes this. The Holy Spirit inspired him to write it. It's one of my favorite little nuances in all of Scripture. It says, "When you've done all you can to stand, stand." <laughs> that's grit. He just defined it. He's like, yeah. when you've done all, it's 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 like when it you've is, done. That is so brilliant. It's when it? you've done all you can to say. He says, basically, you walk up there, you plant that foot, and then once you've done that, now do that. Yep. And that's great. What do you do? It's like 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 when when I was younger, my mom had to teach me how to hit a curveball because my my dad didn't have the patience. He was the base major league baseball, but my mom was a great athlete. She could hit a curveball. So I she goes, here's how you got to do it. It a curveball goes slower. It kind of fools you. It's a trick. And when you hit, you want to stay with most of your weight on that back foot. And you know, when you go up to bat, you know, everyone, you dig that foot in, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you do what you can to stand, you take your stance. And then what the curveball does is it makes you throw that weight forward and take the weight off that back foot. But you keep, and then you swing and then you have no power and you have no this. So basically she was teaching me, you, 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 you got to see the spin. You got to know the situation and how you do it. Like, just like it says, know the enemy, know the attacks, know your own hurts, habits, and hangups expect where the, the situation where the curveball is going to come. That would be the other advice I'd give to speak it out loud, but also just, you got to get to know yourself. You got to get to know mm-hmm. the situation. You got to go, mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be a curveball moment. Yeah. Something's going to come in. And Been that's when, before. and that's, yep. and she says, what you do is don't throw your weight forward. Don't take it. Don't, don't leap at it is if you keep that foot back, you will be able to drive that ball is easy. There's nothing easier to, to swat than a curveball that you know is coming and it's hanging. Yeah. And so basically, do whatever you can to stand, and then stand. Yeah, that is and, and keep the weight. Written, and and, and the last thing too I would share is is something my wife said to me, and she just shared this with a a bunch of church planter wives because they're like they're just getting started, and she goes, my 
strongest advice to you is this. People are going to hurt you. <laughs> They're going to have unrealistic expectations. Yep. Yep. There's going to be tough stuff. And the problem is we're supposed to love people. And she goes, it took me a while to learn this. I've learned it from scripture. She goes, stay in the word. Hmm. Most of my, how I make decisions and how I even lead, most of my leadership, almost every time I make lead, people go, well, who do you listen to? I listen to a lot of people. I like, I like learning. We talk about leadership. Yep. I yep. help people lead. I'm yep. not opposed to that. But most of the development of when you're in a moment where you just don't know what to do and it's crazy is I guarantee if you know the word of God, you probably know at least the way you should be handling it. Yep. You might not know exactly the decision, but you know how you should be acting in this moment. Exactly. And a lot of times acting the right way, having the right character, having the right temperament in the right scenario literally leads you to the, the right choice anyways. Mm -hmm. But so she told these women, like, if you're going to get hurt, you got to understand that people are going to try to hurt you. And what she learned is you got to keep your skin thick, but your heart soft. Oh, that's good. I wrote that down. I said, I got to say that. Yeah, it was, it was wise. And, and, and she goes, because if most people have thin skin and hardened hearts. Yes, they do. And you got to keep a soft heart and thick skin. This, this takes this whole conversation full circle because mm -hmm. we were talking earlier about hurt people, hurt yeah. people. You know, you got to let yeah. go of things. You got to forgive. And that's what happens when we don't. We end up with a hard heart and yep. thin skin. Yep. And your wife was suggesting thick skin, and soft heart. Yep. Keep the heart soft and the, and the skin thick. That's and like the mic drop moment right there. That's yeah. what we got to end on that one. Yeah, That's I so would. good. <laughs> that is so good. That's a great one to, to walk away so from. So I guess the real answer to all this yeah. is is marry well. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we could have just shortened this whole thing up. Yeah. So so what advice is your wife giving you? You want lately? me to give you the greatest advice on how to make yeah. good choices? Yeah. Carrie, come here, yeah. and then I'll leave. Yeah. And you just talk to her. <laughs> this would have been a lot shorter, but we had a lot of fun together. Yes, it was fun. So, well, we okay. have to end. As you oh, know, yeah. we always do the true truths and a lie, which is fun. Now, yes. w the first time, you didn't stump me. You were not a very good oh, liar. Let's no, see if you can lie better you, this time. You destroyed me the first time. Yeah. And honestly, I probably thought harder about this than the topic we were going to talk about. <laughs> if, I, if I'm honest in yeah. the choice I made, but I'm like, I don't know. So here we go. Two truths and a lie. Okay, here's three things that have happened to me. And um, there is, I have been um, stalked and confronted by a mountain lion. I've been adrift at sea. And I've been chased by a bear. Ooh, ooh. Okay, so stalked by a, a mountain lion adrift at sea or... What was the bear? Chased by a bear. Chased by a bear. Okay, okay. I'm going <laughs> to, uh, oh man. You know, I'm going to say the mountain lion's the lie. Yes. I won this time. <laughs> oh, you know, I was just saying that because I grew up in Western Montana yeah. where if people go hunt mountain lions, it's where I grew up. There's so many mountain yep. lions. Never saw one in my life. So most people never yep. see a mountain lion. So that was where that's where I was going. Is I'm going. I bet he. Wouldn't I told even you. Know. I thought about this a lot more. I thought you would go for the mountain lion because most people I know a lot of hunters yeah, out here. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been confronted by a mountain lion three times. Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm not Mr. Outdoorsman. Yeah. I have ran into a mountain lion three times. So that I knew that might get you, or, or you might go with the adrift at sea. And uh, it, it was the it was the bear. I haven't been chased by a bear. I've ran into bears before, but I've never had one chase me. Man. The drifted okay. sea was simply we yeah. did sea yeah. dews out on the ocean, yeah. and I went pretty far. We'd go. I didn't just stay right and by. It broke down, or and yeah, it it sucked up some kelp and it stopped and it took over an hour. I was just floating out there, kind of yeah. leaning. I'm like, uh oh. And finally, my friend who was going the other, he was off the other. He just randomly decided to come that way, so he found me, and fortunately, he had rope in the sea dew, yeah. and he told me that. But then his started to suck some kelp, so it started going slow. So we 
barely get. And then I decided I'm not getting on a little jet ski sea do <laughs> yes. and going out into the ocean yeah. that far anymore because yeah. all like famous it. movie line. We need a bigger boat. Yes, you I go. I need a much boat. bigger boat. And yes. I'm terrified of the ocean of being in the water. I yeah. didn't mind being on top of the water, yeah. but I realized. I don't really want to be floating around on top of the water either. And something so, yeah. little that there's bigger things underneath yeah. you. Than, so so well, I'm glad I thought about it. I you, didn't. You I didn't did. have the sophomore did. slump on that so one. So here's <laughs> here's the deal. I'm proud of you. You've become a good liar. <laughs> Bill, thanks yeah, so much thank for being you. on there. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, sir. Love you, man. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining us on the No Gray Areas podcast. Bill Bush was amazing, wasn't he? And a question for you and I to wrestle with: How are you keeping your skin thick and your heart? soft. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us at No Gray Areas.